See you there. See you there? What does that even mean? Hey, it's uh, you want to start? Yeah, we're going. Let's right? do it. It's Monday. It's not Tuesday. It's Monday. I mean, you. It might be Tuesday for yeah, you. Yeah, we'll probably put it up tomorrow. So, so which is today? If it's if they're listening tomorrow. Oh, this is very confusing. It's time. This is what happens when you do time travel. Right. So, um, uh, Bill has a convention to go to. Uh, <laughs> do you have your 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 uh, what? Do you, it's like a mascot convention, right? Where you're gonna wear a little yeah. suit. Yeah, yeah. I'm dressed up as Daenerys, actually. <laughs> Right. Uh, so we're doing the show a little early. Uh, wait, are you going to put it up today or tomorrow? Uh, I don't know. I'll probably, maybe I'll put it up tomorrow. I don't know. I'll put it up. We'll find out. Like it's going to be a difference anyway. Yes. Yeah, uh, so it is on taking pictures number 212-212. Yep. 212. What's, what's the area code 212? Is that? That is would that, be New York City. Is it New York? Yep. 212. Huh. That would be Manhattan. All right. So uh, it is on Taking Pictures 212, uh, Bill Wadman in Brooklyn, Jeffrey Sidoris in D.C. Uh, man, was it a nice weekend. It was beautiful outside this weekend. I actually spent Saturday in the Bronx uh, uh, judging a photo competition for a, uh, a, a old photo club up in the Bronx that, that, that asked me to do it called the New York Botanical Zoological Photographic Society. A lot of these people are not super like tech savvy kind of photographers, you know, not the kind of people who have a lot of stuff on Instagram and keep updating their website all the time. And if, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but how many of them were excellent, excellent photographers whose work you will never see because unless you happen to know them, you know what I mean? Like how many photographers are out there that, that are, are, are sort of unknown, you know what I mean? Are like lost. Right. Um, I don't know. I just, I just, I find that whole idea. I don't know. I find that whole idea of, of like this, this undercurrent of photographers out there who aren't, um, who aren't being seen. You know what I mean? Uh, because well, there's a ton. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, go to any site, go to 500 pixels, go to Flickr, go to Instagram, go to Facebook even. Yeah. You know, there are a ton of people that you have never and, and yep. would likely never have heard of. Yeah. And, but at least on Instagram, I mean, look at, look at uh, like even our audience of X thousand people. It's like, if you got X thousand people in the same place at the same time, you know, like that's that's a good size that's a big size theater or a medium size you know right, right. stadium that are listening to us every week which is crazy I just it's it's like the internet has has completely changed the way audience in general is even conceived of numbers wise uh you know how many people can see your image you put on Instagram a thousand people see it who would have ever seen a th- who how what thousand people would have ever seen any picture either of us took you know unless it was something that got published somewhere else well um, and it's yeah and the game the game keeps changing yeah you know i i there's a, a this dog photographer who i was looking at this morning and he's got like 2 million followers on this on actually it's the dog the dog himself has 2 million followers not the photographer of the dog yeah and i just thought wow that's the dog that's that amazing cute? it's pretty cute yeah um <laughs> you know i i it's very strange it's it's strange to think of the number of of ways 
people share their work and are and are continuing to try and find an audience for their work. Yeah. You know, I'm 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 wrestling with the idea of a newsletter. Okay, like a uh, physical be, newsletter? No, like an like a, okay. an electronic newsletter. Okay. You know, because they they, right? Yeah. Akin to them, they say that's the way to build an audience. Is newsletter is a way to build engagement and build an audience. And it's like, well, okay. I've got three podcasts that I do. Does a newsletter, where does a newsletter fit in there? Right, right, right. And if I'm going to talk about something or announce something or try and sell something even, wouldn't I do it on one or all three of those shows? And wouldn't that yeah. be just as effective as a newsletter? I don't know. Yeah. And and do you do an opt-in newsletter? So then how do you get people to sign up? Or do you just start sending to all the people you have email things for as like a, hey, I'm starting this newsletter. If you'd like to opt out, click, you know, it's right. It, and then you just feel like a spammer, you know? <laughs> Right. So yeah. it's, it's very strange, this, this idea of, of, and maybe this is something else, but it's the idea of getting work out there and getting it seen. It's, it's changing and, and, they're, they're, it, and it keeps changing, right? You know, five years ago, it was, it was banner ads and affiliate marketing. Sure. Yeah. Well, affiliate marketing isn't working. Now it's crowdsourcing and, and patron marketing. So it's that'll it's get hard saturated to, and it'll be something else. Sure. Sure it will. But, and and you're left wondering it's the same question though. It's the same question that you had ten years ago. It's the same question that you had five years ago. It's the same question that that some of the older shooters and some of the people who've been shooting a long time have had maybe twenty years ago. How do I find an audience? Yeah. And 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 beyond that, if do you have to keep? It seems like you have to keep moving to whatever the new thing is because if you don't, then you're left behind, and you're you know one of these older gentlemen who is an amazing photographer, but you know if if you know who you know doesn't like maintaining a website or whatever it is, but if they don't do that, they have an audience of fifty people, not an audience of fifty thousand people. You know, mm -hmm. and if the standard now is, oh, unless you have five or 10,000 people, no one cares about you. Right. You know, right. if, if, well, this, that, that's if, become if the, the standard for audience inflation. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Go, go to mid roll or go to, you know, any any one of the the uh, ad injectors and try and get sponsorship for your podcast. If you don't have 20,000 listeners a week, you're not going to find too many people to talk to you. Yep. Yeah. Which you know, is crazy because 20,000 people was a big audience five years ago, like a huge audience. Right. Right. Yeah. You now know, NPR it's, it's, comes in and they say, well, all of our shows that we do on the radio, we're just going to stick them out as podcasts. And that's, you know, right. so that just skews everything. Well, um, that skews everything. Yep. The success of certain outliers skew mm -hmm. it. You know, you've got, you've got kind of Joe Rogan and, and Adam Carolla and even Mark Marin blowing the bell curve for the rest of us. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know? But Mark Marin is at what, like episode six hundred or something. He's been doing it for ten years. So for the first, so as Rogan, right? So for the first four or five years, they probably had relatively small audiences. Mm -hmm. You know, especially compared to today. You know, um, yeah. It's just, it's just. I just find it fascinating. This idea of you know, it's, you know, you 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 have a couple thousand Twitter followers, and you think, oh well, that that's a lot more. It's it's still you're probably still in the top twenty percent of Twitter people or whatever it is, but unless you have twenty thousand or two hundred thousand, no one cares about you. Even though some of the people who have twenty thousand or two hundred thousand, 
either like bought their stuff or they're just, you know, some PR marketing person who just re- retweets everything that they see or, you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. It's like, well, they don't really have, they're not really saying much of their own, but they have this huge audience that they can then bank off of. And it's just very interesting. It's like, should, should the content build the audience or sh- do you need to build the audience in whatever way you can in order to have the audience to push your content to? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, most, most of the people that I follow and find are a lot, I, I, I don't have the, the metrics of it, but a lot of the people that I follow, let's say on Instagram, yeah. have less than a thousand followers. And yeah. I am humbled by the quality of their work. Sure. Uh, you know, go look up people like Doug Shinnery or, or Chris Friel or Valda Bailey or, you know, right. it, it, Brett Walker. Right. Um, any number of these people that are incredible, incredible photographers. They're, they're fantastic artists. They're fantastic technicians. So but, why do they have 500 followers and then a dog has 5 million or whatever? I don't know, man. If you, yeah. if, you, if you can answer that, you you know, you win the golden ticket. You get to ride in the glass elevator. Yeah, I mean, like, I, there are Instagram people that have 15,000 followers who I'll look at and I go, yeah, their pictures are fine, but there's nothing special there. And they aren't all TNA that will get all, like, the young boys to, like, you know, follow it, which is some of that kind of stuff. You know, like, let's just put hot model girls on there and that, you know, brings in a certain crowd. <laughs> Um, or dogs or babies or cats or whatever, whatever the, 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 you know, subcategory subgenre fetishizing is, but then, but and it's just kind of like, wait a minute, you have 15,000 and this other guy has, you know, 15. And I'm like, he's just as good as you. This is so weird that this, it feels like it's egalitarian, but it also feels like it's strangely not, you know, that things just sort of get lost in just bumps and ripples in the continuum lead to certain people having a lot more influence than others, you know? Well, the argument around good is it's, it's, it's very similar to the argument around art or the discussion. I shouldn't say it's an argument, the discussion around art. And I I've, I've been wrestling with this more deeply over the past several months than I have in a while. And, uh, you know, I was in part of a discussion on Twitter about it. And I think there is no answer that there is, there is no, there, there is no good. There is, there is no bad. There just is because for every 10 pictures that I send you and go, I think these are amazing. You're going to look at a portion of them and go, I don't think so. And vice versa. Sure. You know, uh, for every for every person making art or questioning whether or not they make art, um, there are there are an equal number convinced that everything they do is. I, I went to the yeah, Torpedo yeah. Art Factory over the weekend. Okay, or, or is it is that what it's called? Torpedo. You've mentioned art, this place it? before. You've been there before. Yeah, Art yep. Center, Art Factory, Art Center. Anyway, whatever it is, the Torpedo in in Old Town Alexandria, and. One of the things that I love about this building, and I've, I've, I've decided that I want to make it a point to get there every couple of weeks, maybe once a month. Okay. Because people are just doing their thing. Yep. They are doing the work, whether they are fiber artists or ceramicists or jewelry makers or painters or photographers or, or textile artists. They're there doing the work. That's what you sign up for. When you, when you get a space, part of your contract, part of your agreement is that you are there 
four days a week at least produce. doing the work. Right. Yeah. Is, but is, ultimately, isn't that really all there is? Yes. Because I, I, I just, you know, you look at it, we... we <sighs> Well, I'm not I'm not going to speak for you or myself, but like there's a certain belief that, oh, that guy has a lot of followers or a lot of people listen to them. Therefore, they know what they're saying or right. their work must be good or, oh, we're going to hire that guy because he's got more followers or whatever it is. But like if, if, if that's the zeitgeist, if that's the game and you don't want to play that game, you're just sitting there doing your work and then no one ever sees your work because you don't have 50,000 followers, then where's the work going? Isn't it just kind of like going to, you know, come out of you onto the table and just sit there. Right. You know, so it's like, and yeah, you never know how something's going to click. Yeah. Right. You never know what's going to, I walked into a, to a, it's not a stall. That's not the right word. A studio. Okay. okay. Uh, and I saw this painting, uh, probably three foot on a side. I want to say square painting. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. And I'm talking to, you pull out not the checkbook. artist. <laughs> no, well, yeah, it wasn't the artist. It was her, her, her studio mate, because a lot of these studios, they're shared spaces with two artists. And she said, oh yeah, she's had that painting for years. And it, it you know, she keeps threatening to paint over it. Why? And I don't know why. I don't know. Cause she wasn't there. She's like, yeah, she gets frustrated with it. And you can see along the edges, cause it's a, it's kind of a cradled panel. So it's uh, about two inches thick on, on, on the edge. And you can see on the different sides some of the remnants of the paintings that have come before it. Underlayments, yeah. Yeah. And she said it's already been, you know, she's already redone it four or five times and she's had it for years. And, and, and I love this piece. Because of the layers or just because? No, of I the had current, no idea. The, the, cur- just, the current version is yeah, great. Yeah, the current iteration of it was fantastic. Sure. Um, and I... I you know, I said, it's, it's a terrific piece. She's like, yeah, well, you know, it's some people like it. Some people don't. And, and that's kind of the end game, right? Is some people are going to like it. Some people don't. There's another woman there who uh, does really wonderful textural acrylic similar to, although she's, you know, leagues above where I'm at in terms of creating some of the textures that I do on, on backgrounds and things like that. Right. And I'm looking at this piece that, that she had. It's a long piece, probably 18 inches tall by maybe five or six feet long. Oh, okay. Okay. And it's a beautiful piece. Her, her studio mate, uh, her, her name is Jerry. She said, you know, take it out and look at it. Take it out in the light. So I set it up and looked at it in the light. And she said, a lot of people have come in and looked at it and they just, they, they haven't, they haven't bought it. I said, why haven't they? Well, it comes down to cost. It's really expensive. And I said, how much is it? She says $2,000. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, $2,000 for, let's say 18 by 60. Yeah. Probably costs her $500 in materials alone. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And it is a beautiful piece. So I'm thinking, is it that people don't want to spend $2,000 on art? full stop in that market because it's in, it's in old town Alexandria where people have money. There's money in that town. Sure. Right. Uh, you've got money in Bethesda. You've got money in Chevy Chase. You've got money in, you know, Arlington. So it's not, it's not that there's not a market for it, but it, for someone it's, it's not good. It's not good enough. And that's what I wrestle with. 
Yeah. Or, yes. Okay. For someone that's not good enough. I mean, that. well, that gets back to how we all value art in general, right? You know, um, it may be great, but like $2,000 is still a lot of money to people think that $2,000 is a lot of money to pay for a painting, except they'll pay $2,000 for a cocktail table tomorrow. Right. Or yeah. a rug or, yeah. you know, it, it, and you've got to, you've got to pick where that has value. Now, other pieces within the torpedo factory yep. are 10 times that. And people and buy them? Moving. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So th- th- this is the part that, and it's, you know, to, to bring it around to photography, this is, this is one of the areas that many of our listeners have written in talking about struggling with is, is the idea of good and good enough to charge X or good enough to, ch- how sure. do I figure out what it's worth? Mm-hmm. I know what it's worth to me, but how do I determine what it's worth to an audience? Yeah. And, and the, the, and the market could, I mean, there are times that I quote people, let's say $500 for something and they're like, Oh my God, $500. And then the next guy would have spent $5,000, you know? So right. it's like, there's, there's absolutely no standard. It's like orders of magnitude in either direction. Right. Um, you know, I thought it would cost $50 for headshots. You know? Right. <laughs> you know? And that's what, that's, what's one of the things that's so frustrating about it. It's like, if you, if you want to go buy a pair of sneakers, well, there's a valid continuum that's, that's, yeah. you know, sneakers cost 50 to $200. <laughs> Right. You know? So yeah. if, if it comes in at 10 bucks, they're probably not so great. If it yep. comes in at yep. 2000, probably more than you. Want. But with, with probably written on by some graffiti right, guy, a pair of Yeezys or Yeezys yeah, 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 or yeah. whatever they are. Um, but with, with, with sort of creative things, whether that's, you know, insert media here, it's a much harder it's a much harder decision to make, especially with sort of straight art. Sure. Know, like, and you and know. You know, we, we've gotten emails recently even from people who are trying to make the jump from amateur to professional. Yep. And, and asking, what do I charge for this? Yeah. What, what, what's, what's the, well, hell, I don't know. Yeah. I'm trying to figure that out myself. Yeah. You know, and, and do you offer packages do you offer discounts are there incentives and then you get into the whole sort of fallacy of limited editions which right is ridiculous to me anyway it's yeah. it's 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 this this notion of creating a false sense of scarcity sure but or you know or or you get into the whole thing of okay well my work is good that guy's work is good i guess the only way for me to give myself some sort of multiplier is to again get back to the, like the big audience, you know. Right. And but and where's where's the quantification? You know, I can look at one of my let's say I look at one of my 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 pieces and I go this piece is every bit as good as an equivalently sized piece by Shepard Fairey. Okay. It's got the same kind of detail, it's got similar technique, it's got yeah. you know whatever it is. You <laughs> right. know, but you're whatever, not Shepard Fairey, so therefore But I'm not Shepard Fairey. Right. But at a certain point, Shepard Fairey wasn't Shepard Fairey, right? True. How did he got noticed because of the street paste up stuff? Yeah, he got the whole thing started with Obey. The whole thing started with with what he called an experiment in phenomenology, where <laughs> the Obey brand, the Obey symbol, and it started with with Andre the Giant. The Andre right. has a posse sticker. Um, it was an experiment to see 
how much this could become noticed. Yeah. I wonder how many of those things he put up. Let's millions. Millions, yeah. Millions. And he still keeps storage facilities in cities all over the world and goes and and does paste up, you know. Got to keep up the hype. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I have a ton of respect for him, so I'm not going to badmouth him. Yeah, no, I, but, it, you know. <sighs> How it's it's let, let's say you've got a, a shoot that you're just as proud of as uh, and thinks and you think it looks just as good again yep. for that, that, that whatever that, that means effing marker good whatever that yep. is as Herb Ritz or right. Albert Watson or right. Mario Testino. Well, guess what? No way on this planet are you going to command that kind of price right now. Right. And maybe ever. Yeah. Or if sometimes somebody will see a picture of mine and they'll go, oh, is that so-and-so? They're like, I love that picture. Is that some actor? And I'm like, no, it's not some actor. And they're like, oh, well, it's not that interesting then. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, wait a minute. Who gives a crap? Unless it's Robert it's, Downey Jr. is not interesting. Exactly. Like if it, you know, if it's a guy who looks just like Robert Downey Jr. and the image is amazing, it's not that great of a picture unless it's Robert Downey Jr. It's like, well, then that's, right. then you're not talking the about the picture. Down the street. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, no, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, yeah, it's weird. I mean, that's the value that people put on things is just amazing to me. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But as a as as a maker, and I'm I'm finger quoting here, as a as a maker, as a creator, these are the things that are part of the wrestle. These are things that are part of what you sign on for, and and and. It's 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 what frustrates me so much about, well, just do the work, just do the work, just do the work. I agree with that to an extent. Yes, you have to just do the work. But at some point, the work has to make its way out into the world. And that's where I fumble. That's where I go, okay, now what? Yeah, and what if you make a lot of work and you start putting it up on Instagram, whatever it is, and no one gives a crap? Well, that's... Then what do you do? Even though you think it's a good work and maybe it is really good work, it's like it, it just isn't getting noticed because you're just this little tiny mouse peeping over here when there's people like on Colonel yeah. Barkers, you know? That is this... <clears throat> Look, it's... If I did do a newsletter, I have episode one and it is a, it, issue one and it's about that very thing. It's yeah. about that thing exactly. It's... It's... <sighs> Anyway, yeah. <laughs> well, it just, you know, I mean, I could, I could, I, I've got it. I could read it to you if you want, but it's, it's, it's about, it's about that very thing. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, it's, 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 it, I, I, it's, I meet a lot, a lot of the people I met, I feel like the world is, the world, the audience they could be having is passing them by because they don't even know that that audience is there. You know what I mean? Like if there are people who don't like doing stuff online or don't like sharing their work online, it's like the the world has moved on. You know what I mean? It's it, as far as audience goes. Mm-hmm. And and I and I don't a I don't know if you could catch up and b even you know it's like let's say you and I like Twitter. Like I'm not on Snapchat. There's billions of people on Snapchat, and they're all you know ch- snapping back and forth and whatever it is. And I've seen it, and I I just don't get it. I'm old. But like a lot of brands have embraced it, which has been interesting yeah. with these stories, the Snapchat stories. Yeah. And so how, how do you, how do you compete when you, you see what I'm saying? Like maybe, maybe, maybe I'm so far behind because I'm not on Snapchat that I will never catch up because all the people on Snapchat right now will move on to, you know, Shutterboop 
you know, tomorrow. Right. Well, so it's, it's another, the, it's another thing that has to be manufactured. And then this is where it breaks down for me. My, my day-to-day life, yeah. I don't believe is interesting enough to make a compelling Snapchat story, for example. Right. So I would have to go manufacture something to put onto social media to give the impression that, that, that our lives are interesting. Yeah, that X is happening. <laughs> and I and I'm this is one of the wrestles that I have with the with the idea of the newsletter. And, you know, I I I think I want to have a conversation with CJ Chilvers about this because he is he is so dialed in on the value of a newsletter um, th- that I would love to sit down with him and, and kind of pick his brain and go, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? Because in my mind, if I'm if I'm having to and, and again, it depends on the scope of the thing. But if I'm if I'm making content for this, specifically for this thing, then I'm not making work. Right. And if I'm not making work, that's that's where I think my life is interesting. Is in the making of work, whether that's having conversations with people or, or you know, painting or taking photographs or wherever it is. That's where I that's where I find joy. That's where I I find inspiration. That's where I find happiness. And, and as a result of that, that's where I think I'm at my most interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if I'm in a sense, manufacturing content, that doesn't feel interesting to me. You know, my, my idea for the whole newsletter thing was, was to include some sort of anecdote that relates to something I'm going through at the moment. So that at least it's honest. Yeah. Well, there's also like manufacturing spin on whatever it is you're you're actually doing in your life. You know what I mean? There's also a lot of people who do that, mm-hmm. who are, you know, talking about their life as if it's super interesting when all they really did was go to a coffee shop. You know, right. it's like, well, everyone goes to coffee shops. And, really. and, like, you know, what makes your coffee shop interesting? Yeah, sometimes it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, I got to go down to the, 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 the photo studio at the Smithsonian and, and, you know, be a part of an experience shooting, you know, artifacts and seeing sure. things being photographed and seeing that process unfold. And that's an amazing treat. Yeah. But the it's, people who do that every day, why don't they write about that? <laughs> because See they're busy doing the work. Right. They're doing, they're and, doing but, the work. But, and, and I don't mean this as a rip on you. I'm just saying as an example, like you're getting, you're getting the, you're getting the, the clicks and the likes for something that somebody else is actually doing the work for. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's sure. weird. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's, it, it's because it's almost like being the person who tells the story is more valuable than the person who lived the story. Um, I don't agree with that for a second. Uh, to, to the to the wider world, I think that's often true. Okay, maybe. Yeah. yeah. For, if, if if I believe that, my my current reality falls apart. How so? Well, because I put, I've decided. You know, we talked about this a while ago. I, I decided that that my focus is on the people whose lives I find interesting. That's yes. that's where the importance is. I am I am merely getting you from 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 you're a conduit yeah i'm getting you from memory one or anecdote one or story one to the next thing so you're saying you but you don't think you inject yourself into those things like i think i do but i'm not the focus i don't want to be the focus 
All right. I, yeah. Whoever I'm talking to, this is, it's why I don't go into things with a list of, of questions because I, I want, I'm all, if, if I've, if I've approached you about having a conversation, I'm already interested. I'm already a fan. Right. So whatever you want to talk about, wherever you want to drive us, I'm willing to go there and, and I'll do whatever I can to, to set you at ease or to facilitate getting to that story, memory, whatever. But it's not, as much as I can be conscious of it, I don't have an agenda. Right. Other than to be a fan of you for an hour and a half while you're sharing your life. Right. You know? So it's, it's very odd because I think you're right. I think in some, in some spaces that does happen. And I, I hope, I hope that I don't fall into that. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, I love Mark Maron, but like Mark Maron is more, other than Obama and a handful of people who go see him is, is more well known than all of the, most of the comedians who come into his place, you know, and, and you know, he, he, he is well known. I think that's one of, that's the blessing and the curse, right? I mean, it's, yeah, it's, sure. it's a blessing because it, it, it allows him to open doors that, that maybe otherwise wouldn't be open. And yeah. there are a few people that are doing that. There's a, a, a Sam Jones does a, he's a f- terrific photographer. He does a, a show called Off Camera. And it's part of the time anyway, it's him talking to people who he's photographed over the years. Right, That right, he's right. developed relationships with. So he can sit down with. All right, we've watched, with, we've talked about Yeah, this, we've yeah. talked about that. So he can sit down with Robert Downey Jr. He can sit down with Dave Grohl. He can sit down with all these people who he's formed relationships with that you and I wouldn't wouldn't have would never be able to yeah yeah we wouldn't have occasion to do that yeah yeah it's you know? it's uh it, i mean i even feel like the you know in the same way that i was talking about how like the audience stuff shifts over time like you and i are still kind of like we like the web but then there's like you know people anybody under 25 don't give a crap about the web it's all about app stuff you know right uh in the same way i feel like interviewing has gone from sort of the johnny carson to uh, Terry Gross to uh, Charlie Rose to now guys like uh, uh, like uh, what's his name we were just talking about uh, I'm sorry I'm just blanking on his name Marin and now you go back and you listen to Terry Gross interview and it sounds so formal and stilted and old school in 1980s feel like the question she asks and the tone of the interview and mm-hmm. sort of the the formalness of it all and you listen to Marin, you go, oh, yeah, that's that's where the future is going. And it's funny. It's like that has all changed to the point where the st- people who have been doing it for 30 years, they just – it sounds old and stuffy and dry. And maybe. It maybe, it, maybe at the time it sounded like, oh, look at this new way of their looking at the thing. And in 20 years, there will be somebody who makes Marin look like, you know, the, the old stuffy guy. You know? I, well, I think there are standouts um... – Along the way, I mean, you could go back to to Studs Terkel, who, yeah, you know, if w- was kind of the basis for for at least at least in in theme for StoryCorps. Yep, and you, which if you if you want to listen to Studs Terkel, uh, there's a bunch of stuff on SoundCloud, and yeah, I don't know whole what radio the archive is. is. There is an archive. I got somewhere. it. Yeah, Studs Terkel, uh, WFMT I got it. I'll put it in the show okay. notes. Um, you know. His interviews, his conversations were fantastic. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, and yeah, you could go back to Charlie Rose. Um, I think Gian Gomeshi was a terrific yep. interviewer. Yeah. Um, you know, personal life aside, he was a terrific interviewer. But and, none of them were quite as uh, thrown around loose as a lot of the, like a lot of these new interviewers where it's really just, I don't know, we could end up talking about our clothes today. And that is the conversation, you know, mm-hmm. that is not necessarily about your new movie. I like that. I, I, like I, I do too. Conversation where it's not about necessarily promoting something. Yeah. You know, the way, I had a conversation with David Dushman the other day and most of it, we talked about diving. Yeah, because exactly. that is where his passion is at right now. Yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about photography very much at all. We didn't talk yeah. about his workshops. We didn't talk about his books. We, we talked about something else that's passionate, that he's passionate about. Yeah, 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 yeah. I listened to an interview the other day with um, Jodie Foster. Yeah. And she was saying that she has a really hard time with uh, clothes, that she mm-hmm. never knows what to wear and she has a really hard time with it. So when she has to do junkets or interviews or whatever it is, she like has a, a lady that she hires who brings 10 or 12 outfits over that she knows will fit her. And she dresses her up and she takes Polaroids and they put an entire outfit together in a bag with the Polaroid picture stuck on the outside. So she nice. can't screw like, it up. Look like this. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, right. she's like all the way down to underwear and bra and socks. Like, right. This like, is what you you're wearing. Now. Yeah. And I liked her. Jodie Foster? Yeah. She's, she's got a new – what's her new flick is uh, – uh, The one with George Clooney, whatever it's called, yeah. Yeah, with about the, the media the, – the guy yeah, who takes yeah, up yeah. the media station. Yeah, and there's I like think a, she's very talented. She is very talented, but you listen to these interviews and you go, wow, she's, re- she's a little nuts. Like she obviously has grown up in a way that she kind of skipped a bunch of stuff in the process mm. of growing up because she mm. was acting and making movies since she was like two. You know right. what I mean? So she like she doesn't know she doesn't seem to understand how uh, she she's like bad at social cues and all that kind of stuff. It's really it's fascinating. Huh. Um, but but I mean that's not the and that was on I think a Nerdist podcast. So it's like it's the kind of thing you would never get from a different interviewer, you know. But I, I like that thing. But it's just it's just very different. It's like the world keeps moving, and of course there's always going to be an audience for the old thing as well. Um, but that audience will age out. And I guess, I guess this is a question for, I mean, even, even styles of photography, you know, I have friends who are, you know, very accomplished photographers who their style of photography is less in, in, in need right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And so they work less than the next guy, you know? And it's just like, wow, is that because they don't want that photographer anymore. That style isn't any good or should he change his style or should she try to do something different in order to grab more audience? It's like, it's all very interesting because sometimes it's not, I mean, especially if you're doing it professionally, there is a question of, yes, there's doing the work, but if the work you're doing isn't selling for whatever reason, whether it's not getting enough notice or it's not the style that people want nowadays or whatever it is. It's like, do you change it or do you just keep doing the work? Because that's what we always say, you know? Well, that's, that's a big question, right? The, yeah. The, is it, is it better to be better or yep. is it better to be different? Yeah. You yeah. know, if you, if you listen and follow somebody like Chase Jarvis, well, different is the way to go. Different, 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 yeah. different. Got to be different. Don't be better. Be different. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I like that. Yeah, because then you're just chasing, trying to find something no one else has done because no one else has done it, not because you really want to do it. 
mm-hmm. you know, which just is just kind of like, okay. I mean, I, it, that almost sounds like a, uh, um, <laughs> a, uh, um, very San Francisco way of thinking about it. Right. Like, like a very, uh, venture capital way of thinking about it, you know, which way it's be different. You mean? Yeah. 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 Like you need an angle. So your business can like sell out to Google later, you know, like how, <laughs> how are you doing Snapchat differently? You know, right, like, well, right. our Snapchats turn upside down. That's great. It's different. You know, it's like, right. well, no, it's really not anything. So what are we talking about here? Um, but, uh, but the hype sometimes works, you know? Um, yeah, it's interesting. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with all this. I just, I, I just find the idea of online and offline communities fascinating. Um, that's where it all started. So I don't know. I, I like them. I like offline communities. You know, that's, that's kind of how, well, it's not kind of, it's how Faded and Blurred started was, right. was doing photo walks, doing meeting up in person with, with students, uh, that, that were, you know, Frank and I were, were teaching at this school and, we would do photo walks. The first one was in Venice and we would wander around all over Southern California. And it got to a point where I think our biggest <laughs> I just one was you're like your shoes worn through, right? Like you're, <laughs> you haven't, wandering. you haven't eaten, eaten in six days. Right. Well, it wasn't, you know, we took breaks. Uh, but I think the biggest one was a uh, 130, 140 people. Something yeah. It's like a lot that. of people, yeah. you know, and it was great. It was great. The, 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 I enjoyed the discussion pre and post more than I enjoyed sort the of actual walking around in mass. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the, the post walk meal where we were passing cameras around. Right. You know, yeah. and, and look the middle at thing is shots. a little like locusts. You know, <laughs> it's, it's hard. It's hard. Um, I, th- I think that's why I like the idea of, you know, go out and shoot for two hours or an hour and a half or whatever. Then let's meet back, you know, and, and let's talk about, what you got or what you, what you, what you didn't get. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> otherwise everybody's walking around in groups of 10 or 12 or 15 getting subtle variations on the same shot. Yeah. I, I, I also think that there's people for whom like I love other people uh, and I like talking to other people and that kind of thing, but I don't, I don't see making photographs all the time as like a communal effort. You know what I mean? Like I like taking pictures and I like talking to other photographers, but I also like talking to other people who aren't photographers a lot. I mm-hmm. actually, I tend to like talking to them more than I like talking to people who are photographers, you know, um, as, as if it's like another, it's like another angle. It's like, it's like, okay, I want something completely not like the stuff that I normally talk about. Let's talk about cooking. You're a chef. You right. Know? Um, that, that is in many ways more interesting to me than talking about photography with a bunch of photographers, you know, I mean, obviously I do the show and I do this, but I don't, but I wouldn't want to do that like all the time. You know, I like, it's like, you you almost, you need cross pollination outside of your circle in order to, to grow. You know what I mean? I would say that's true. And I think that that's part of the reason why you end up, you've ended up sort of spreading process driven outside of photography and you did the music one and you did the, you know what I mean? Like, you're, yeah. you're, and, and I think that that's, I think that's smart. Well, part of it is, is it's a social experiment as much as it's, you know, a creativity show. I, I want to see at what point, you know, how far down do you have to go before the impulses of, of a photographer and a writer and a dancer and a filmmaker are, are, are similar. Yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. 
what I'm seeing so far anyway is not very far. No, you don't have to go very far at all. You don't have to go very far. Unfortunately, um, the things that we all have in common are the questions that can't really be answered. Sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Am I good enough? Is this art? Is this yeah. worthy? Is, yeah. you know, do I keep doing this? Yeah. You and I could do this show with two other people with a chef and a dancer and, you know, a tap, uh, you know, a tap dancer and, uh, I don't know, a brick, you know, a brick stone mason. And we could have these same conversations. Sure. To a large extent. You know? Sure. Um, they're universal. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Uh, Hey, you put this uh, this uh, identical twins thing in. That's kind of kind of cool. I thought this was kind of fascinating. It's a it's a story from time. Um, there's a Chinese artist, boy, Gao. Yeah, Ronguo. Rang Ronguo. Gao Ronguo. Yeah. G a o r o n g g u o. Okay. Has created a series of portrait photographs that are both beautiful and emotional. In these portraits of identical twins from Gao's native China, the impact of life, the impact life has on our faces and bodies are made, immediate, uh, made immediately clear. And it's their diptychs of identical twins facing each other. Um, with the exception of the last one who stands solo because his identical twin died. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's interesting that that uh, part of me would like to have seen them in in both profile and in in face on view. Yeah, but the profile is something different. It is, you know, different, Jeffrey. That's right. That's right. (laughs) I set out to be different, girl, guy, whatever, different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So. in these formal portraits, the twins are posed looking at each other, making it impossible not to compare the differences between the two. One might be shorter, have more wrinkles. Yeah, the weird one is spot. number six, where the guy's like six inches shorter. How the hell did that happen? Right. Like, <laughs> if they're identical twins, what did the guy on the right eat or not eat in order to... Right, you know? right, right, right. Like, the guy uh, on the left must be stunted in some way. Like, even the way his shoulders are. Look at how different, like, his shoulder shape is than the, than the guy on the right number six. It's fascinating. Yeah. You know what's interesting too? They are, they are, um, yes, they are uh, uh, diptychs, but they're also diptychs that are right next to each other. Do you notice that? Like that they're, the backgrounds are continuations of each other. Right, 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 right. So, so these people were on set at the same time. Yeah, they may have been shot together and he just put a white strip down the middle, you know? Mm-hmm. In fact, if I were to do it, that's probably how I'd do it. He chose twins who are all over 50, pictured facing one another as though they're looking at their reflection in a mirror. The images demonstrate how the, ch- the twins have taken different paths through life and how their physical appearance has changed over the years. Some have more hair uh, than their sibling, while others are more wrinkled or not as tall. Yeah. You know what would be an interesting way to go about it? Like you were saying you wish they were straight on. What well, if I'd like it, to see both. Well, what if it, it was diptychs over the people's shoulders? So you saw the person on the right looking at the person on the left, but you were seeing the front of their face. See what I'm saying? So mm. it's like it's like they were looking in a mirror, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. except you were so you were seeing their reaction to the other person. Right, right. 
And then you'd see the back shoulder neat. and edge yeah, of, yeah, yeah, of yeah. the person in front. And then you could just do the inverse. That way you could get their front of their faces, but also get the impact of them looking at themselves. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I have a good – I have a, a, a very good friend, Jeremy Kyman, who uh, whose brother Zach was an identical twin. And Zach died when, I don't know, Jer was 25 maybe? Um got uh, bone cancer and ended up dying about a year later. And it's like, I, I knew his identical twin brother and then he lost his twin brother, which has just got to feel, you know what I mean? Like even different than just losing a sibling, right? It's just, you know, a, a one of yourself. I, I can't even imagine the idea of having somebody who is I- identical to you in some way. You know? Right. Um, it's that weird connection, the whole twins thing. It's a whole other ball of wax. Yeah, these are pretty yeah. cool. I like the toning of them too, especially the um there's one that like I liked the colors a lot. I think actually, do you think these are composited in front of these backgrounds or do you think they were shot outside? I think they were shot outside. Yeah? Okay. I can't, it's almost like you can't tell. On another well, site, a uh, business insider, it's Gao Ronguo. Uh the 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 last name is separated so it's three names G A O space R O N G space G U O and apparently there's a book called Identical Twins which doesn't look like it's available in the US yet. Oh uh, well that that'll change. <laughs> right. Anyway, terrific project. Just thought thought you might find that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of yeah, kind of yeah. fun. Um did you did you see that they're they're planning on putting GoPro cameras inside of the Grammy Award trophy? Sure, this year? because it worked so well at the Oscars. Did they do that at the Oscars? Yes. And, and it was what did the footage look like? Looks stupid. I don't yeah, I don't get it. Like I don't So you're gonna tell people now keep it level and don't move it around a lot. Yeah, and make sure you, you know, trim your nose hairs. Because right. we're going to get you at another and angle. Don't, don't, you know, you have to grab it with the, the gramophone pointing to the to the right so that we can get the, re- it's just silly. This, it, it, who's asking for this? That's the thing I don't understand. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like I, the producer, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like I, it's at a certain point, it's like, do we really need another angle? Do we need another camera somewhere? You know, I was talking to somebody the other day, some older person Oh, who the hell was it? I was talking to somebody and they were telling me the story of how they used to break into this lot in their in their neighborhood. Uh that that had oh, I know who it was. Uh he, he was saying how they used to break there was this four acre sort of chunk of land that was sort of wetlands that they that he and his friends used to sort of sneak into and play around in like the muck and the and the like streams and whatever it is uh at night. And then it got it got bought up by some people and whatever it is, and they couldn't get in anymore. And he was telling me how much fun they had just like, you know, you know, the whole thing where you have a stream and you like move rocks to like change the flow of water. You ever do right. that when you were a kid? Right. Okay. So we were talking about that sort of and the joy of that sort of powerful feeling of like changing the flow of water in a stream, you know, like how much fun that is. And and I said, you know, nowadays that wouldn't happen because they'd have like security cameras on the on the fence so you kid couldn't sneak in to do that. You know, it's like I wonder if the fact that there are cameras everywhere nowadays subtly changes the way kids see what they can and cannot do, including things that are like in- wrong, but innocently wrong. You know what I mean? And and changes how kids interact with the world and how they're going to see the world as they grow up. But haven't there been cameras at least in Europe, haven't there been 
cameras for for a decade or more. Yeah, especially like in London, there's yeah, they're they're everywhere. I mean, CCTV cameras are absolutely everywhere. Um, and, and I mean, I guess that's a good point. It's like, I, you know, if you're being watched, don't you act differently? You know, would you, don't you act differently in a, in a grocery store where there's cameras around than you would like walking on a path in the middle of the woods, you know, subtly, <laughs> you know, probably, I don't know. You probably I mean, wouldn't I'm, like I'm pick so your oblivious nose most the- of the time. <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Is there a camera? I don't know. I just, I just don't think the world needs more cameras everywhere. You know, it's just like, I, I can't remember if it was the, was it the Oscars that they had the camera? Or was it the Golden Globes? One of them had a camera in the statue. That sounds just- kind of Golden Globey, doesn't it? Maybe. Yeah. Who's wait, who's the Golden Globes? The Golden Globes are like a press thing. Is that what that is? One is? Uh it's Hollywood like the, Foreign Press. Okay, there you go. Who the hell is the Hollywood Foreign Press? They're the people that do the Golden Globes. Yeah, but is that only foreign press? You know what I'm saying? Like is it not American press? Yeah, is it is it only people from Spain and Italy and China that are making those decisions? I don't think so. I think it's I think it's everybody. Okay. Well then why is it called Hollywood Foreign? Here, let me see. Let me see. I don't know. I don't know. Now that I, uh, Hollywood Foreign Press Association is a nonprofit organization, the members of which are international journalists based in Southern California. Ah, see, I'm right. Weird, yeah, but, but they're based in California. That's that's not foreign. I mean, it's foreign. If yeah, you've well, never been there, yeah, they're based in California in the sense that they're Hollywood people. But it's not like you know a New York. The guy from the who reviews stuff for the New York Times wouldn't be making decisions. You know what I mean? Well, like I think the, you can be a member and not live in California. Right, but you can't be a U.S. You can't be a domestic press person and be a member of the Hollywood Forum Press. Is what I'm saying. I don't know. Maybe yeah. they have crossover rules. Oh, our, our meetings held monthly. Officers and directors are about five journalists must be admitted to the organization each year. Okay, here we go. Requirements for active membership include residency in Southern California, a minimum of four published articles per year. Does not release a list of acceptable publications for these articles. Blah 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 blah. All right. Interesting. So you have to live in California to be a member of the foreign press. <laughs> yeah. It was founded in 1943 by Los Angeles-based foreign journalists uh, that wanted a more organized distribution process for cinema news to non-U.S. <laughs> markets. This is all – because could this be any more convoluted and right. confusing? <laughs> Here's the thing. You've got to live between Fairfax and yeah. La Cienega. Yeah. But you have to have been born in Pasadena. <laughs> That's right. But before you were one, you had to have moved to Venice. Right. Then you could be a member of the organization. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We huh. heard once that you went on vacation to South America when you, no, I'm sorry. You're yeah, right out. I'm sorry, sir or madam. Yeah. Your membership has been denied. <laughs> Dear sir or madam. Yeah. Dear insert name here. Hey, um, not that we have to get into it. I just wanted to mention it. That, yeah. uh, you know, that, uh, uh, Mike Johnston, the online photographer. Yeah. So, uh, I, I came upon Hi, a, uh, uh, article that he wrote. Cause we were talking about the McCurry thing last week and the making changes to your stuff and like, where's the line and all that stuff. Yes. Um, and, uh, he wrote a very good article, I guess it was last week, last Friday called a very important distinction in post-processing. And he talks about like, you know, warts and all and what changes you could make that are you know shouldn't you should make or you shouldn't make and of course then there's a whole bunch of people commenting on it and they're actually really good comments uh one of the things he points out was you know the the kent the classic kent state photo that won the pulitzer prize you know of like the girls you know kind of screaming her head off on sure like above the kid where there's, a, where there's a body in front of her yeah yeah there was there was a uh a fence post 
right behind her that looked like it was coming out of her head and they removed it from a lot of the versions of the picture. So they should have been disqualified, right? Yeah, but it's interesting that that one appeal at surprise in 1971, that was acceptable, an acceptable change, you know, hmm. mm-hmm. which is just, it's just, it's interesting how I wonder if digital manipulation has changed the way people even think about manipulation. It's sort of like, if it's easy, then it needs to be more illegal, you know, what I mean? as opposed to somehow if it, oh, if it's harder to do, then eh, well, maybe we should let it go because there was one thing that he really wanted to change. And because it took so much effort, he must have really wanted to change that thing. And it must have been materially worth changing, you know. Um, anyway, really good article. And he points out the stuff that gets changed in, in these uh, in the McCurry pictures. And he thinks he's crossed that, the, you know, he crosses the line. But then it's, you know. He says, it's just like going heavy on the sliders. It's easy to overdo any effect, not just cleanup and removal. So, I, You know, it's – there are two things going on with – just to backtrack a little bit on the McCurry sure. discussion. There are two things going on. One was the removal of these things, which is one discussion. Yep. But the other part of it was the denial that he had anything to do with it, that yeah. it was done by assistance without his knowledge, which yeah. I find – a little preposterous. Yeah, all the things that you guys find offensive that Jeffrey says on this show are actually me editing it, and he's complete. <laughs> is plausible deniability, right? Yeah, uh, that that I think is is you know. So there are two different different sides of that. Yeah, um, yeah. And if they are not photojournalism, is it a problem? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. But anyway, just uh, interesting and just. Uh, if you like that discussion, you should go read this article. There's there's one good. paragraph. Where is it that I thought? Oh, here. We, uh, of course, you perceive we are now merrily sliding on the slippery slope. We're now extremely close to making mere cosmetic changes, the kind that sanitize and idealize pictures and make them more pictorial and illustrative. You really have to judge how far you want to go with this. Yeah. It, but he says you really need to judge. That's the distinction. Make them more pictorial and, and less sort of slice of life documentary. Yeah. Yeah. And well, I mean, where, and, even and, like, where's know, the line for pictorial though? Like what is that? What, how do you even define that nowadays? You know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it's the, the, there was something in the warts and all thing too. Uh, next comes a category of corrections. I'll call transitory anomalies. I was a portrait <laughs> photographer in D.C., and I've always argued that a certain amount of correction, in quotes, is necessary to match the way our brains process images of faces. We're very, very good at recognizing and reading human faces. The more, uh, the, the more so, the more they, wow, the more so, the more they look related to our own. Uh, but we see certain things and not others. For instance, our brains are very good at distinguishing persistent characteristics from transitory characteristics. We're great at reading subtleties that pertain to persistent recognition, and we overlook features we know are undependable as markers of recognition. It's as if the brain throws those out. I know they're not reliable, a piece of jewelry or a headband, the way a person's hair looks that day, a pimple, stubble on the mail. By removing those things from a picture or de-emphasizing them, I don't think we're necessarily violating the literalness of the picture we're just making it conform more closely to the way the brain actually sees. I have a little bit of an issue with this. I, I understand what he's saying, but that excuse could be used for anything. You know. Yes. Uh, same things with little bits of trash in a landscape. They're not persistent. They're transitory. But they were there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you know what? The mountains are transitory too over a certain time. Yeah. On a, yeah. On a long enough timeline. <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and then the idea yeah, of but the next line is, of course, you perceive that the ice is getting thin here, smiley. Right. <laughs> How much trash do you get to remove before misrepresentation sets in? It's a, ju- a judgment call, he says. Right. And that's 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 the whole thing with all of this. Right. Is it's 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 all at some point a judgment call. But chances are someone is going to call you out on it. I, I think there's also an element of that not everyone is playing with this uh, by the same rules all the time. So if you're in a war zone and you're taking pictures of, you know, you know, some crazy war zone shot, right. And you can't change anything because you have to deliver out of camera JPEGs that haven't been edited at all. Cause that's the rules or whatever it is for your organization. Mm-hmm. But the next guy takes a very similar picture from a slightly different angle. And he, you know, removes a couple things cause he doesn't give a crap about competitions. He's just trying to get his picture in some magazine and the magazine isn't whatever it is. And people look at your picture and they look at that guy's picture and they go, yeah, but his picture's better because it doesn't have that big piece of trash in the front that's distracting. And you go, yeah, but that's because he took the trash out. And you go, eh, I don't care. I just want to see the guy in the background with the gun. You know? Right. It's like, it's almost like, um, it's, it's, it's like, uh, okay, we photoshopped women and men but like women's skin to be so perfect in so many of these ads that no real woman can compete with the women in the ads right that whole thing you know so it's Mm -hmm. like it's it's an arms race we all have to we all have to make things look ridiculously almost fake because that's the aesthetic and if you don't match that aesthetic your thing looks unfinished you know that kind of stuff happens all the time right you know and and i but i could imagine it's the same way in in this kind of work too yeah you know that McCurry wants his pictures from India to feel like the India that people want to see. Because the India that's right. there now has, you know, telephone poles and well, if, Nike if icons down, and whatever. Scroll yeah. down. Somebody made uh, an animated GIF toggling uh, back and forth between the the original and the edited yeah. version. Yeah. And there's there are quite a few changes there. Yeah. I yeah. mean, to the point of, of taking out people, taking out objects. Yeah, that's, that's more, much more manipulation than I ever do to my pictures, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and my, and I'm talking about pictures I'm making as like weird little art things, not as, but maybe that's what he sees his pictures as. Yeah. But I don't, that's a, that's a thin argument. I didn't see that person there in the middle of the other two. No, 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 no. I, no, I'm just saying maybe that's how he wants his images to appear. Maybe he's not trying to make the India that is. Maybe he's trying to make the India that is in his head. Mm-hmm. In which case, then he should just change his title and become someone else. Really crappy cloning on that uh, stuff that's on the back wall in front of the main guy pushing the thing. <laughs> oh, the, the little, the, the red that was a shirt and now it's just like a vase or something? Yeah, yeah it's not yeah. very good. Anyway, whatever. I don't know. All right. Go read the article. Yeah. The online photographer. Great site, by the way. Um, up there for me with like Luminous Landscape. Terrific site. Yeah. Luminous Landscape is good too. They, yep. Did Luminous Landscape Lens become culture, a- That's a good one too. Did Luminous Landscape become a pay site? Did it become a- Did they put up a paywall? I don't think so. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a login. Subscribe for a dollar a month. I wonder what that gets you. Interesting. Oh, you get to access to videos- and oh, there's, you, st- there's still a free portion of it, isn't there? Yeah, there is, but there's down the videos. 
uh, all access to all videos, access to over 5,000 plus. Yeah. I mean, this is probably luminous landscapes worth a dollar a month. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good, uh, site. They do good work there. Um, all right. What else we got? You got anything else? <clears throat> Excuse me. You all right no, there? You're, you're not good. dying, are you? No, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> kidding? Uh, street corner. Uh, a street corner. Yeah. Yeah. People did good uh, on the street corner. Here, let me, let me, let me bring this up here. Yeah. Uh, look, th- this is, this is good stuff. Um, although I don't uh, I like Matthew Zoo's picture in LA. BD Burgers, you know this. Place? Craig, have you have you shot any new pictures in the past ten years? What are you doing here? What is Craig putting up an old picture? I think so. I don't know. What are you doing, Craig? Uh, it's good though. I like it. Yeah, they're beautiful. Um, do you know this yeah. place though? BD BD Burgers. BD Burgers. BD Burgers. Know. Okay. I do not. Uh, know Matthew Zhu put up this picture. It's apparently in L.A. Central uh, Central Avenue. Where's that? Probably downtown yeah uh, oh yeah down in watts okay i i have not i have not been there uh these are good yeah a lot of these are really good um tanya good stuff michael i like that street corner market uh oh that's still life that's a nice still life rena uh yeah there's some really good stuff in here i wonder uh, mo morgan boy that's a good one too you wonder what yeah, I like Rena's one, the street corner with the streaks. That's nice. You know what? I'll have to put it. I have something that I sh- I did shoot it a while ago, but it was in Little Tokyo. And it, I, I followed this guy, this older Asian gentleman with a bag. I think it was a bag of oranges. And I followed him for like two blocks. Creepy. <laughs> Stalker. No, I just, I wanted the light to be right on him. And he turned and looked no, at sure, me. sure, of course. Yeah, And he was like, stop following you, freak. <laughs> You go now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it was it was he was really cool. I mean, I, I said hello to him, and and uh, he, he was nice. He looked at you suspiciously. No, I just okay. wanted to catch the, the anyway. Never mind. Uh, Robert, street corner in Budapest. That's a terrific shot. Why are nuns always fascinating? Uh, I think the same reason that that uh, like rabbis. Or, Is it just the or, costume? Or Hasidic Jews or whatever, yeah. Yeah, I I think it's it's so for for us. Maybe not for you because you live in in Brooklyn. You, you probably see them more, but it's unfamiliar. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's, it's and and to have and of course there are people in America who live sort of more pious lives and and have standard you know uniforms they have to wear and whatnot, but right. you don't see it that often. You know. Um. That, yeah, still is interesting. No, I mean, they're, 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 remember the shot that I took in in New York of the the priest all in white, you know, flowing yeah. robes and his rosary necklace kind of flowing off to the side. I don't, I've never seen anything like that, you know. So yeah. it was different. It was unique. <laughs> the weird thing is, he was on his way to uh, a rave. It was That's very right. odd. Yeah, the rosary was glowing. <laughs> it was strange. Like, what is, he's had a glow sticks and he was right. sucking on a, a lollipop you can yeah. hear like a binky type thing you can hear this weird poor guy yeah uh yeah so lots of good stuff uh sunset at roy's that's pretty neat ken ken larman 
Um, Chris Fuller was in Oaxaca. Oaxaca? Mexico. What were you doing there, Chris? I don't know. Uh, Matheson, Madonna in Rome. What? What? Matt Matheson getting uh, getting self-referential. He took a picture of a store called On the Corner. Is he is he ripping off himself now? I don't know. He's. Uh, I guess he's. I mean, referencing the. Uh, you know, we're supposed to take pictures of a street corner, and he took a picture of a place called On the On corner. the Corner. I love that. Yeah. It's yeah. Cute. Uh, cafe. I wonder where that's at. Is that and close apparently, to your house? Uh, uh, Troyer J Troyer. Uh, Johan Troyer, uh, Tr- T- Troyer Tirol, Tirol. Johan Troyer Tirol. Go with that. I'm terrible at these names. Anyway, it looks like he's in Venice, which is a lovely, lovely place. Ah, Venice. I love Venice. I wouldn't live there, but I liked. I'd visit every couple of years if I could afford it. Would you? Yeah. Uh, David is going to. Dushman's going to be doing a workshop there in. Hmm. September? Uh, August? Yeah. yeah. You should it's, go. Uh, well, I, if I was going to go, i just walk around. It's fun to walk around. That's I like getting lost in Venice. That's the best part. You should. You should go get lost in Venice. I did a couple of years ago. I'll go again. Yeah, but you came back. Oh, I see. You want me to go and not come back. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that was very nice. Uh, all right. What, what I put in a suggestion. What do you, you want to you do something else? Ugh. Sounds? We already did sound. Did we Don't did? You ever read the list? I went and looked at music, Matheson and music wasn't in the list. Countless hours of 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 toil. I toil. I'm supposed to look through and find related ones that I hadn't thought of. Uh, um, how about um, crunch? Uh, uh, crunch? Yeah. Crunch. No. That's all right. Crunch. Like you're doing crunches. You could take pictures of cookies. Yeah. You could yeah. take pictures of I traffic accidents. On my way to um, Grand Central crunch. the other day, I walked by a building. Time crunch. Like I'm in, I'm in a hurry. See, it could go any way. All right. The, I, I saw it was like the shell of a building. Like imagine a big skyscraper and cut a, a, a 50 foot by 100 foot deep hole in it. And there was a machine in there just picking up like crumbled, uh, crumpled uh, iron I-beams. Oh, wow. And like moving them around. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Like This was right downtown? Yeah, it was on uh, 43rd next to Grand Central. And I was like, man, how, how do you know what you can knock down without knocking down the building? Like, right, I'm sure right. there's structural what's, what's engineers. What's bearing and what's not? Yeah, it was just kind of crazy. Yeah. I'll, I'll, in fact, I'll, I'll put the, you know, and I'll put it up right now. So, so everyone can see, cause it was, uh, it was just kind of crazy how much, uh, how much change they were doing to the world. Hmm. Um, very, very good crunch. Okay. Hashtag crunch done. Or you could do cereal. I was, you know, it's funny when I initially said it, I was thinking cereal. Yeah. Um, but- okay. Uh, don't even think about it. Don't, don't think about it. Just, I'm going to ask you a question. Don't think about it. Just blurt it out. Okay. Three favorite cereals go. Uh, Fruit Loops, Captain Crunch, and uh, Frosted Flakes. All right. How about you? Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Yeah. Golden Grahams. Yeah. Cheerios. Okay. So somebody likes cinnamon is what I've learned. Two of those are cinnamon sugar ones. Well, Golden Grahams, not so cinnamony. It's more 
goldeny. Yeah. I never liked that. Yeah, cinnamon toast crunch. I like cinnamon toast. I don't need cinnamon toast in my I think Fruit Loops though if I had to that's what I that's what I go back to. Hmm. Conrad's a, a a mini wheats eater. Yeah, I used to I used to like I also like the special K with the strawberries. That's good. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, at your age you kind of need it, right? That's right. It keeps me regular. <laughs> <laughs> TMI. Right. Right. So yeah, a little bit of the CT crunch. I'm good. That that, seems, good. that sounds like like from your college days. Is that from your college days? I've loved CT crunch since I was a kid. Okay. Good that, stuff. That's not gonna, I do that's, not like the French toast crunch. Let's be clear. Okay. Just just so I know, and I, I'm I'm not making judgments here, but cinnamon toast crunch is kind of a stoner cereal, right? And <laughs> I just I just have I, mean, a, I have a feeling uh, that it might be. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just like it. <laughs> yeah. What's it to you? Right. Anybody want to send me some CT Crunch? Go yeah. ahead on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, Photographer of the Week, this came from, I think, John, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think this came as a suggestion from John Wilkening. Oh, okay. Uh, we were talking, I think this was when we were recording. So... Uh, but you know, go listen to me talk to John Wilkening anyway, jeffreysadors.com. Uh, but this guy, Michael Kenna is fantastic. I had never heard of him and his stuff is amazing. I mean, I, I, you know, we, we throw that word around a lot. Amazing, incredible, awesome, yeah, 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 we, yeah. you know, but I got to tell you the, the stuff that he's doing, um, his recent stuff with factories and smokestacks and, and, and the sort of uh, the architecture of industry is is really compelling for me. And those silhouettes of of factories and 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 you know it for me it conjures up even though I've I it's weird it's this sort of part of this sort of shared I don't know collective memory I've never been to towns like I don't know Pittsfield or any of the small you know, industry towns in Western Mass or Pennsylvania. But this is some of what I imagine them to look like. Sure. Yeah. You know? So they're very evocative stuff. They all look like, uh, uh, all those places look like uh, Crudson photos because that's where Crudson shoots all those Right, photos. well, yeah, that's where he lives, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but this guy gets around. Like some, I mean, Czech you know, Republic, Belgium, yeah, Austria. Yeah. He's all over. He does a lot of really high contrast, um, almost... Uh, uh, almost like stuff that that looks like it was done with a stat camera, you know, where it's where it's almost exclusively black and white, where it's silhouette and then very harsh. Yeah, harsh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you could argue that this stuff is very pictorial. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I feel. think I think you could. And 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 it feel it's lovely and and but it's it it's lovely. It's amazing, but it feels like uh, the kind of work that not a lot of people do anymore. And I'm saying that as a positive thing, you know what I mean? Like that. Yeah, that, I think that, that's one of the things that sets it apart. Yeah, yeah. That and he's going back to these places. That's what you'll see. You look in this in this archive, and you'll see, you know, Japan. These are photos from 1987 to 2015. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, uh, Russia, 1999 to 2008. So he's going back and mining these places for images, which I think is really kind of fascinating if you you know if you're lucky enough to be able to do that 82 yeah, these, to 2008 in the czech republic these michigan ones are pretty great too i'm just looking through yeah it's nice stuff do you yeah. think that let me ask you uh, uh all black and white a slightly off topic 
not off topic, but like, okay, the images that he has up here are 400 by 400, maybe. You think they're too small to like really see the images? Uh, some of them. And I would, I would wonder, I wonder if it's a, if it's a, a, a protect protectionist. I'm sure it is. Mentality. Yeah. yeah. Or is it just, you know, I started this in. 1999 and I've got a template set up so I'm just going to keep doing it the same way for consistency. Yeah, it's interesting because if you drag and drop them in the in the uh, header, mm-hmm. you get bigger versions of them. Some of them, yeah. Some of them. <clears throat> yeah. Some so of them are, are small. Like some of the ones from like the early 90s, yeah. they're still like four or 600 pixels. Yeah, and some of them are like a thousand pixels, which is yeah. much more, yeah. I don't, you know, that's this is, this is one of the maybe this is a topic for another show, but but the the changing changing web standards changing changing standards and expectations on how your work is displayed sure yeah and and the requirement to i mean it's it's along the lines of the social media stuff it's like the requirement for you to keep up with the joneses in order to right. remain relevant does he want to take the time to go back and and rescale resize reupload you know but if he doesn't at, images right but at, but if he doesn't at what point does he look like a guy who is lost in the past right right well, yeah, well you know at least the site's not all in flash and there's still plenty of people using flash and that's true you know yeah 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 uh there i found also found a nice little 10 minute video uh profiling him yeah, I saw that. I didn't watch it yet, but it looks it looks pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It I I agree. I haven't watched the whole thing yet either, but I wanted to put it in the show notes. And it's like some talking heads talking about his stuff, and they're showing his pictures and and uh, uh, it's some uh, of these Michigan good. pieces. I'd love to see big. You know, like yeah, four yeah, foot yeah. on a side, five yeah. foot on a side. Yeah, I wonder how big he prints. I mean, with his with work like this guy, like this black and white square, very monochrome feel right mm-hmm. he could jeffrey have no my biggest print is eight by eight inches and that's part of the statement that right right then and, and, and that definitely could be that that could change everything you know the way you look at it and you know yeah um, maybe, maybe that's the th- maybe this is representative of the size that he prints at yeah yeah maybe that's the whole thing maybe maybe they're all four by four inches <laughs> right the, you know he wants when to do you, the most contact the, prints. uh uh, uh Shit! What's the name of it? The Magnum Instagram sale. I think those are only six by six or yeah, seven I by seven. One. Something yep. isn't yep. that what they are? Six by six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, pretty cool. Good, good, good. Find Michael Kenna. Michael Kenna. Yeah. So I, th- I think it was Wilkening who suggested it. If so, thanks, John. If not, I have no idea where it came from. It's <laughs> 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 so good. I don't know. Uh, you know, I uh, I shot film the other day for the first time in a while. How'd like that go? Small film. Um, it went fine, you know, and I brought it down. There's like a mini lab like eight blocks away from me. Used to be four blocks away from me, and then they moved down the street. So I went and dropped it off and picked it up. Scanning stuff is such a pain in the butt, though. Every time I do it, I'm just like, oh, now I remember why I don't shoot film that often, because this is a pain in the neck. Yeah, but that's just you complaining. Come no, on. I mean, it's massively time consuming. Like you could take all night to scan 10 pictures, you know, to get it yeah, right you, and to clean them up. You have amazing clean scans of those 10 pictures. Suck it up, you whiner. Yeah, but it's funny. Sense. I took I took pictures uh, with, with the Hasselblad and then I took pictures with my Canon cropped square and monochrome. You could have just had them scanned. That's the other solve. Yeah, I just don't have that kind of money. That problem. I don't have that kind of money. 
Sure uh, you do. What is that? Ten bucks? Come on. Twenty bucks? What per image? Is it really? Well, to get them scanned well, yeah. Um, it's pain in the neck stuff, and it's interesting because the less people do it, the more expensive that stuff gets. You know, she used to run my stuff through the machine for three bucks. Uh, you know, like basically, here, you know, give me your film, come back in ten minutes, and I'll hand you negatives. Right. Um, for three dollars, and now she charges me six dollars, which is still really cheap, but it's still twice what it was two, three years ago. You know, just because the price of chemicals has gone up so much. Uh, speaking of which. Yep. Did I hear this correctly? I think I did. Uh, Ilford is now offering processing in the U.S. Well, you can ship it to them? Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Well, you know, that could be useful in places that, like, I happen to live in one of the few places that you can still just go to a lab, but there's a lot of places you just can't. Yeah. Ilford Lab Direct. Real black and white processing. Traditional silver gelatin prints. I wonder how much they charge. Interesting. How much? Do they uh, looks like. Uh, let's see. Online ordering form. That's not what I want. Film processing information: uh, four by five sheets, four bucks a piece. Five by seven, five bucks a piece. Eight by ten, eight bucks a piece. Yeah. Scans six dollars. Where are, uh, are there any things about? Oh, that's re- okay. Here, that was sheet film processing. Yep. How much? For uh, develop and medium scans to CD, $17 a roll. So, what is medium? <clears throat> Excuse me. You know, the scan quality? Yeah. Right, right. What's the DPI for? Yeah, they're down the bottom here. Uh, 645 medium is 2000 by 2700. So, pretty low res. Good for prints up to 11 yeah. by 14. Interestingly enough, look at the large medium format. Large scan is only 3,500 by 4,800. It's like 15 megapixels. And what do they charge for that? Large scans. Uh, so it costs you $27 per roll for processing and large scans to yeah. CD. Yeah. So that's $3 a piece or something like three, that. Yeah. Three bucks a picture. Yeah. Still cheaper than Polaroid, isn't it? Uh, well, Polaroid is not an option. Like the impossible, but it. But it oh, that it stuff. Yeah, it's probably about the same price. Yeah, and, yeah. and the the new fifty five, which I I'm thinking of. Bu- I was thinking about buying a box of that just to try it out. But all the people who are, t- you know, remember we talked about that. Like they're making new Polaroid fifty five. Right. Right. Uh, with all Kodak chem and paper and stuff. Um, <clears throat> apparently. It's very, very tricky, and they're just like, oh, yeah, this batch isn't that great, and this batch is, and you need to change your times for this one and whatever it is. What's amazing, and when you clean it off, you need to use this fixer specifically because if you don't, the thing will slide off the image, will slide off the negative. And what's amazing is how good Polaroid was at doing that at the time, You know mm-hmm. how consistent Polaroid was at getting all the chemicals and stuff right to be able to – every single sheet was the same, you know? Uh, I mean, you look back now and you go, oh, yeah, it's a Polaroid, old technology. But it's like, man, they had it down. It's pretty amazing. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. I wonder if you, if you just wanted it processed. It doesn't look like they do just processing. It looks like your only option is. Do they send is, you back the negatives too? I would assume so. Yeah. Wouldn't you some, think? Some weird. So there are some things like this where I, I know like CVS, you give them the film. They give you a CD back. They don't give you the negatives. When they send it out. Weird. Just, I wonder who weird. Yeah. Well, it's like, you know, a lot of people, it's like, what am I going to do with these negatives? I mean, other than people like us, who would, you know, 
How would you, what would you ever do with negatives? You know, your average person. Hmm. Um, just crazy. Um, uh, the dark room. That's the other place I was trying to think of. The dark Uh, 35 mil. Let's see. Standard scans are included. Celebrating 40 years. It's $11 a roll. Enhanced scans uh, are a little bit larger. That's 35 mil. Let's see. Uh, so, the, yeah, uh, one twenty so fifteen dollars a roll for thirty five uh, developed and scanned. Yeah, scanning information and resolution. Here we go. Here's the their medium format six six enhanced. Their enhanced scans, Jeffrey, are two thousand by two thousand pixels. That's still small. You'd rather you'd be better off going to <laughs> it's four megapixels. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not going to shoot my Hasselblad to get a four megapixel scan. <laughs> Sorry. Even their super version is 4,700 by 4,700, which is what? A 22 megapixel shot? Uh, Something. Which like is good that, and well, really nice no. and whatever it is, but there's more than yeah, that in 18. there. Uh, I forget what John uses. John, text me or email me what you, I think he uses like a, uh, an HP 770 or something scanner. HP no. or, or not, Epson? Not, is it Epson? That might be an Epson. Seven, I, have a, seven. I have a I have a forty seven forty nine ninety Epson. Yeah, uh, but yeah, there is there's. I mean, there it's it's fine. It's just like you know, you just like dealing with dust and Newton's rings and you know holders for the negatives. It's just a pain in the ass. Right. Um, but uh, yeah. Anyway, that's that. All if right. You, if so, you want to get a hold of us uh, <laughs> down three, that rabbit hole, three four seven six eight seven ninety four eleven. You can leave us a voicemail, or you can find us on the interwebs. Uh, the show notes are at five by five dot tv slash otp slash two one two for this episode. And uh, I'm at Bill Wadman. He's Jeffrey Sidoris on Instagram and Twitter. And ontakingpictures.com also has archives of all the old stuff. Hey, what uh, if what, else? what if I did a newsletter as as just a voice as like a podcast as like a five minute podcast? Like you read things like a like a Dan Carlin kind of thing, right? But it's not four hours long. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You could try that. You have you a know? good voice. And then maybe maybe do like a Google Voice number where if you want to if you want to feedback you want to you want to you know. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to feedback, you know, right. <laughs> yeah. You could try that or offer it at the very least. Right. You're going to write the thing anyway. You may as well take it 20 minutes to read it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, which is the printer you got? The pro 1000. Uh, I got the Pixma pro 100, which I could not be happier with. Couldn't okay. be happier. I love Good. it. It, you know, it, okay, real quick, real quick. Yeah. For those of you still listening, all seven of you, uh, one of the things that it does when, when you print, there's a, there's a plugin that you download from Canon called print studio pro. I believe it's a Lightroom plugin. I think it works in Photoshop as well. Anyway, uh, you, you do what's called patterning the print. So you, you click pattern the print and it will either, it, you can either do the entire print or you can marquee select uh, you know, something that's representative of like if it's skin tones or hair or an sure. eye or whatever. Okay. So then you click pattern the print and it prints out a sheet uh, with, I don't know, 48 or so uh, squares 
Different options? Different options, uh, you know, magenta, yellow, blue, or, or cyan, uh, green, whatever. And what you do is you, you don't choose the one that looks the best. You, you, you choose the one that matches your screen. Oh, I see. Okay. So you choose the one that best matches your screen, not the one that looks best to your eye. So you hold it up to the screen, choose the one that best matches your screen. Then you, you, the, the step two is brightness and contrast. Same thing where it prints out this grid, this matrix, and you select the one that has the best brightness and contrast. So then what it does is it makes those changes so that now whatever you print matches your screen. So it sort of reverse calibrates the printer to your screen. Which is very good, except if you ever send your files to somebody else, you still right, have a problem. Right, right, right. So if you're only printing yourself, it's kind of cool because it ensures that what you see on your printer will look sure. like what you're seeing on your screen. So if, you're, if, you're, if your screen is out of whack, it's not calibrated or whatever, you can still print to what you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind of neat. That is a neat idea. It's funny. The other day when I was doing that judging, they were just like, oh, well, this projector is a little in the magenta and whatever it is. I was like, here, can you just bring up my website so I can see one of my pictures, which I know what they look like. And I go, they pops it up and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> you know, like right. now right. I can judge the rest of them. Like I've recalibrated my eyes. It's like, okay. Um, anyway, till next week. Uh, anything else? No. Thanks for listening, everyone. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Going on and on the way we are for so Say